When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, it's Dan. Welcome to our post-game edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. No uh, live Zoom here today. Of course, it was very late at night. So uh, you're just going to hear from Mary Kay, Doug, Scott, Ellis, and me as we talk about the Browns' loss to the Ravens and what we thought. Of course, if you want to check out Football Insider so you can get involved when we do do the live Zooms, which we'll actually try and do one here this week, probably on Tuesday. So you might want to get involved in that now uh, to get involved, you know, maybe pick games, all of that cool stuff that we do, exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash Browns, an exclusive newsletter right to your inbox. As I tell you all the time, head to cleveland.com slash Browns. There's a blue banner at the top of the page. Click on that for all the information and to get signed up. All right, no more waiting. Here's our post-game podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our post-game edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I am Dan Lobby, joined by Mary Kay Cabot. The Browns 47-42 to 42 losers to the Baltimore Ravens. The first time I've had to say that in a little while. Uh, Mary Kay, let's just start here. Um Look, this was a game that, I mean, this was one of the best games you're ever going to see, probably. And uh, so many different storylines. But I guess what I came away with was, even though they lost, they lost to a division team, certainly this makes the playoff picture a little murkier. I I still came away impressed with what I saw from the Browns today. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, this could have obviously gone either way. It was a bizarre game, the way that Lamar comes storming out of the locker room uh, from nowhere. It reminded me of that year that remember when uh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger came storming out of the locker room and won the game. Uh, but but this was uh, this was an incredible game. I, I heard the announcer saying that uh, it was like the game of the year and it was on <laughs> national television. And I'm sure people are coming away with this uh, with a, uh, a really great feeling about both teams. Uh, but I mean, think about, you know, I would imagine that most people throughout the country country feel pretty good about uh, Baker Mayfield as, as the Browns quarterback of the future. Yeah. I mean, let's just start there with Baker. I, I think the most impressive thing was he had the interception streak come to an end and look, that was going to happen eventually. Right. Uh, he had the interception streak come to an end, but he just kind of kept leading this team back again and again and again. And then even after Lamar made that great play coming back out of the locker room uh, on that fourth down, Baker still leads this team down to, to tie the football game. And it, it really felt like, you know, the team that had the ball last, I know technically that was the Browns with two seconds left. It just really felt like the team that had the ball last was going to win this football game. And, and that's kind of a credit to Baker in this offense. 
Yeah, you can't say enough about what Baker Mayfield did. And of course, he, is, he was so mad at himself for that interception. As you mentioned, uh, it snapped a streak of 187 passes without an interception, five straight games without one, protecting the ball. He was very mad at himself about that. He hates when he does that. And he was determined. He was going to strap the team on his back and he was going to bring it back. He scored touchdowns on three straight drives after that, including the one where he ran and slid into the end zone himself and just fired that ball with gusto, uh, you know, just in, into the end zone there. And uh, it was a, it was quite a performance by Baker Mayfield. He, he was not going to be denied, but lo and behold, there comes Lamar trotting, <laughs> trotting out to, uh, uh, to be the hero. And those guys, they considered this to be a must win game for them uh, because, you know, the, they want to get back to the playoffs. We're talking about uh, the league MVP in Lamar Jackson. Now he is, people have seemed to sort of forget that about him this year, but that's the league MVP that they just, uh, that they just lost to. So there's really not a whole lot of shame in that. Uh, but this was quite a comeback effort from the Browns. And I think that it will serve them well as they move forward into a couple tough games that they still have left the rest of this season and into the playoffs. I mean, if you get into a game like this in the playoffs, they're going to be so determined to finish it this time that, uh, you know, th this is going to stick in their craw and they are not going to want to have this feeling again. Yeah. I mean, this was sort of an important step for this team. I thought to go toe to toe with a playoff team, you know, last week against Tennessee, it was like, okay, the, the Browns went out and they beat a good team, but it was like, they they just built that huge lead and certainly not to take away from that. Right. That, that's great. But we haven't seen them in a game like this, and especially against a team like Baltimore. We haven't seen them in a game where they had to kind of punch and counter punch. And they were down 14 twice in the second half. And they managed to, uh, they, they managed to, to get back into it. We got to see a little uh, analytics run from Kevin Stefanski going for two uh, to go down after they had scored down 14. Uh, so, you know, I, I just think this was something we needed to see from this football team. And certainly, I think for Browns fans and, and for the, the Browns themselves, they would have loved to have seen it in a win. But we saw a team that was resilient, that went up against a division foe, an AFC North foe, and played a really great game against them. Now, the defense is an issue, but we've known that all season long. That's not, that's not new information. The, the defense was a problem today. But we saw this team go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a team that, probably is going to be in the playoffs now with the, the schedule that Baltimore has left. Um, so, you know, th this, I think, was a positive step for this team. Yeah, I think so. And as the Browns move forward, uh, they should get Denzel Ward back for, you know, pretty soon. And they might even have Ronnie Harrison back by the last game and then into the playoffs. So they're going to have some help. This was a tough team uh, to try to, to beat and to slow down without some of your top guys. And really, when you look at the whole entire secondary, I mean, it's kind of a makeshift secondary. So when you take Ronnie and Denzel out of there, uh, you're really starting to get into your depth a little bit. And then it really is very, very difficult. But, uh, but you know, I really do think that, uh, yeah, from a run defense standpoint, this was, uh, it was not a good matchup. It was obviously not a good matchup. I mean, they rushed for 231 yards. Uh, Lamar did not have to do all that much with his arm, although oddly enough, and I led my initial game story with this, is the fact that he crushed them with his legs most of the game. It was his arm, you know, that <laughs> did in, in, in the end with, uh, you know, with that 44-yard touchdown pass that, that he 
that he had coming out of the out of the locker room. That was such a bizarre set of circumstances. It was it was really unbelievable. Uh, but you know the Browns. You know I, I think you're right. I, I think that they learned some things in this game that uh, they might win a playoff game that they wouldn't have won had they not gone through an intense emotional game like this that had playoff intensity because that's what this was. That's exactly what a playoff game is going to feel like. And you know what? Donovan Peoples-Jones got to feel it. Uh, Some of these younger players got to see what it was like. Ronnie uh, Harrison Bryant got to see what it was like in that kind of an intense football game. And when it comes to the playoffs, because this team's going to the playoffs uh, and they're going to have to beat a team like that in in the first round if they're going to want to advance. And now I think they're going to be better equipped to do it. And, you know, I I think that I think I'm actually glad you mentioned Donovan Peoples-Jones. This is a guy today, three catches, 74 yards, had really had two really big catches that stand out to me. Of course, he had the, the long play early. But then he had a big play um, in the second half as well. Uh, Baker's first throw, I think it was on the drive that Kareem Hunt scored on. Uh, Baker's first throw was to Peoples-Jones. And so to see Baker building that trust with him, and especially after that drop last week, right, on that first first throw to him against Tennessee, to see Baker develop that trust with Peoples-Jones, I think is really important for this football team because they're not getting Odell Beckham back. And Peoples-Jones is not Odell Beckham. We're not going to pretend he is. But you've got to have a guy that Baker can trust down the field. And right now, maybe we're starting to see Peoples-Jones develop into that a little bit. He really has. I mean, he is doing a phenomenal job. And, you know, I was thinking about him tonight. Uh, you know, in addition to everything that he has to do on offense, he's out there returning kicks, too. So, I mean, this, you know, he's returning punts. So he's, he's, he's got to have his wind about him, but he has really grown up a lot this season. I, I think it speaks to the excellent coaching uh, that these guys are getting from, from Chad O'Shea, who has all these Super Bowl rings. Uh, you know, I mean, he has really brought Donovan Peoples-Jones up to the point where you can rely on him to make the big play in the big moments of a football game. He's not playing like a rookie at all. I mean, he, he's really doing a phenomenal job. And the thing that strikes me about Uh, The Browns receivers, they're really good. I mean, these guys are really, really good. Jarvis Landry, I mean, he can catch anything. He can catch anything. And you look uh, over at the, um, you know, you look over at the Ravens and you see Marquise Brown dropping, I think, like three passes in this game. You know, it reminds me even when when I watched uh, the, the Steelers game and you see Deontay Johnson dropping passes. This team can catch the football, and Baker, Baker Mayfield trusts them. So, therefore, uh, if he puts the ball on them, and he can fit in, into a tight window when he's on the when he's on, and they are going to catch that darn thing nine times out of ten. And I think that is a major reason why these guys uh, are really starting to heat up on offense. Okay, uh, we'll wrap this part of the podcast here. Mary Kay, I will let you go. Doug and Scott are uh, working their way into the room right now. So the Browns, uh, 47 to 42 losers today to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, but yeah, uh, certainly good feelings right now after, after a loss. No, nobody in that locker room wanted to hear about moral victories, but I, if there is one, I, I guess maybe today would be that day. All right, Mary Kay, thanks for the time. All right. Thanks, you guys.
Okay, and we are bringing in Doug and Scott now as well on our uh, kind of truncated post-game show here. Uh, no Zoom callers, just uh, just us hanging out and talking. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I just want to get your first impressions of the game. Whoever wants to go first here, tell me what, what your walk-off thought was on this football game. Go ahead, Scott. Uh, yeah, we've talked all season about uh, the first – Ravens game and the Steelers game and about how the Browns, you know, got crushed in both of those. They just came out poor and just never got their footing in either of those games. And it seems like it's been a full season worth of like having to prove yourself. And they kind of did that against the Titans, but they really had a chance to do that tonight. And even though they lost, I think they came out of this having shown that they belong in a game like this, where they're trying to get to their 10th win, you know, this late in the season. Um, I know, like you said, they didn't want to hear about moral victories, but I think it was important. We think about football in terms of wins and losses, but there's also a mental part of it. And even though those guys are upset that they lost, I think they go into this next week. You have to go into this next week with, I guess, feeling better about yourself than obviously you did after that first Pittsburgh game and the first Ravens game. And I just, I don't see how you can't. Um, you came back twice from 14 points down in the second half. You took a lead in the final minute. So, I mean, I think they accomplished what they needed to accomplish, even though they didn't win this game. I bet they thought that before this game. I bet they thought that after they beat the Colts and after they beat the Titans. I don't know that they need what the fans need and what we act like we need sometimes. I think the Browns before this game thought they were good. Now, of course, if you go lose again, 50 to nothing, I get it. But I think the things for me, I expected that, this Baltimore defense with some more man coverage and it was happening in the middle of the game and everybody was tweeting about it saying, Hey, they really miss Odell. The easy throws aren't there for Baker guys aren't getting open as much. That didn't surprise me. That's what I thought was going to happen. And then when Baker throws the pick and everybody's like, well, there's the pick. Like you thought that was it. That he throws like a backbreaking pick again, Baltimore's up two scores and you think it's over and they score touchdowns on their neck, their last three possessions, throwing the ball. They score touchdowns and they throw it now. Baltimore probably got a little soft in their coverage, but I think if you would have ended that game after the Baker pick, I think there would have been a lot of, and again, I don't think the team, I think us and fans, I thought those three touchdowns at the end, man, and that they were able to throw it against the Ravens, which is harder than throwing it against the Titans. They got a lot of work done. Donovan Peoples Jones, Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins, all those guys made big catches. Kareem Hunt made big catches. And they got a lot of work done in the passing game that I didn't think they would get done. And that's what I'm going to take from this. Yeah. You know, look, the, the only negative I, I take away from this game is, you know, the defense couldn't get off the field. But, you know, I said this to Mary Kay, that's not new information. The defense isn't new information. We kind of know what this defense is. And, you know, without Denzel Ward, you really miss that guy. Without Ronnie Harrison, you really miss that guy. Um, we just sort of know that this team is probably going to have to score some points when they go against really good offenses, because this defense probably isn't going to shut people down. They have to be opportunistic. Uh, they were at, at, in spots in that first half. Um, and there were other spots when they weren't, but you know, again, I, I think tonight you just kind of showed whether Doug, like you said, it was just, uh, all of us watching or, uh, Scott, if, if you think it was in the locker room, you, you showed tonight that, you know, you're going to be able to go against a playoff caliber team and it, it's going to be a coin flip of a game and you're going to be right there with them. 
and I think I think that matters. Which they also showed last week when they beat Tennessee. <laughs> Remember, they missed a field goal in this game, right? Yeah. Um, and an I know, extra point. I know, yeah, I know both teams missed extra points, but, you know, I mean, that, that was huge. And uh, that shouldn't be uh, forgotten, the fact that this could have been a very different ending to this game as far as what teams were trying to accomplish down the stretch. Um, but even with the players that you mentioned, like Harrison and Ward, that I don't it doesn't really change the dynamic of this defense. Um, and they got to a point at the end of this game where it was still in doubt, despite not having a turnover. And for them uh, to do that and to actually be in a game where the offense is scoring and they're not giving them the ball on a strip sack or a pick or a fumble or something was somewhat of a, an accomplishment, I guess. Uh, they're still not good in games where they don't have turnovers. But uh, I don't know, if you're, if you're looking for for some sort of step forward by the defense. Uh, they did come up with a couple uh, stops when they had to without getting a turnover. Um, certainly the biggest stop was Lamar Jackson going to the, uh, to the locker room, but say what you want about Chase McSorley. He made a huge throw third down throw that, you know, they don't score on that drive if he doesn't make that throw. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I count that first Chase McSorley drive is that's, that's when the Browns got their stop against Lamar Jackson. Ellis, uh, Ellis Williams has joined us as well. And I feel bad about this. This is kind of news to me. I didn't realize El- Ellis is sitting in the press box. I did not see Ellis at all tonight. This is the first time I've seen him. He's actually in the same space as I am. So there we go. We just, uh, we just keep our relationship to Zoom meetings only, Dan. Even <laughs> I know, Ellis, right? We, Ellis we thought only, you were big time in them. <laughs> we, we only talk on Zoom. Uh, Ellis, what, what were your kind of walk-off thoughts on this game? Man, what a strange one, right? So when I'm tracking the Browns' drives, um, their eighth drive, third quarter, four minutes to play, it was Baker's interception, right? And I just put INT game over. Little did I know <laughs> the Browns wanted score three. And when you wrote when you wrote it, you wrote it like this: INT game over. Yep. <laughs> just like everybody else, I threw it up like, well, that was his first pick in 187 throws. That's it. Okay. That's it. And look, it wasn't a bad pick by Baker. The, I mean, really tough coverage situation there. That that's not necessarily my point. It was just was, you know, time score situation there on the one yard line. Uh, now you got to throw to really come back. And then the game just got really strange. It's going to be a really fun fourth quarter to go back and watch tomorrow morning, but quickly you got to try and highlight some things that change. So of course, Lamar Jackson leaving, uh, he didn't play the next 13 minutes. Um, that changed a lot of things. Uh, there was Chart Higgins touchdown when he got tangled up with Marcus Peters. Um, just a really strange play, but that is a huge moment in the game. Um, again, without Jackson, they go three and out with McSurley. And quite frankly, the Ravens just had a beat up secondary that both Kevin Stefanski, uh, they came in healthy, but then throughout the game, Jimmy Smith leaves in the uh, first possession of this uh, second half, forcing the Ravens to go to the corners that cannot play the type of press man coverage that they want to play. And Kevin Stefanski's all over it, and he's in sync with Baker Mayfield, and they got Richard Higgins going on the outside, and they got Donovan Peoples-Jones going on the outside versus lesser corners, and once again, that proves to be the difference. The Not only Stefanski's play calling, but how in sync him and Baker Mayfield are to know exactly where those mismatches are, that Kareem Hunt touchdown is just all mismatches. It is, it is keeping Hunt out there uh, so they know it's zone coverage, and then good luck having a cornerback who's probably the best corner in the division, but you're not tackling Kareem Hunt on a hitch route. That's the second time Hunt scored like that. There's not another team in football that deploys their running backs 
split out wide like that, like the Browns do, and they've scored two huge touchdowns because of it. And to me, that's that's the difference. Maker. I guess, you know, whoever had the ball last year won, but it goes back to the fact that even when the chips are down, when I write down game over 34-20, Kevin Stefanski knows where the mismatches are, and him and Baker Mayfield as play caller and quarterback are so in sync right now that this team, despite losing today, can go in and make some noise in the playoffs, assuming that they – you know, take care of things in New York and things continue to trend the way they are. Hey, let's, uh, let's give some more uh, love to Kevin Stefanski here today. There, there were obviously two decisions that were really important in this game. In the third quarter, uh, fourth and four from their own 46-yard line, trailing 30, did I say third, third or fourth quarter? It was the third quarter. Uh, fourth and four, trailing 34-20 uh, from their own 46, uh, 32 seconds left gets aggressive and goes for it. That's kind of what we, I think, expect from Kevin Stefanski. He's very, de- he's very decisive on these fourth downs. He knows when he wants to go for it and knows when, when he wants to punt. And, and then, of course, there was the, uh, you know, the, the thing that's always going to light up Twitter when you're down 14 and you score. Is it, is it always going to light up Twitter? Or do you, at <laughs> some point in the history of man it's, will everyone come to understand it? It's always going to light up Twitter. Down 14, <laughs> scores the touchdown goes for two, uh, of course, gives the Browns the opportunity later to take the lead on the extra point. Um, Kevin Stefanski, I thought, you know, look, we could kind of quibble if we want to over were they throwing the ball too much early, but in the end, I, I don't think that made that big of a difference in this game. And we saw what Baker Mayfield did in the second half anyway. So I thought Kevin Stefanski had a really good game today, and I think he showed as he has throughout the year that he's got really good control over situational football and that he knows what he wants to do in every situation, when he wants to go for it, when he wants to go for two, all of that stuff. And and again, that's something this team has lacked so often. And it's something that's going to help you in games like this and give you a chance to win games like this when we're into January. We're all going to have to get used to it. I would even push back on the idea that, Down two touchdowns on fourth and four past midfield in the second half. I don't think going for it is aggressive. I think not going for it is is wussing out. That's just football now. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. But so like, that's it. Like at some point we have to like, I mean, it's one of those things at some point it's like, well, that's just football. It's like, oh, they, it's what you do. And the, the whole thing about you're down 14 points, you score the touchdown, you go for two. I mean, that is ingrained in football now. And at some point, like the Monday night announcers will start <laughs> acting like it's not the sh- most shocking thing in the world that this is how it works now. But it's not, I mean, really, it's not a gamble, really. It's not rocket science. It's just kind of normal strategy. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that everybody does it. But all Kevin Stefanski does now, and I, maybe it's why we aren't used to it, he, has, he just coaches like a modern NFL coach. It's, he's not alone. He's not risky. He's just smart by how you play the game. And so this is what it is now. We better get ready for this like for the next 10 years. This, these are the kind of decisions he's going to make. As he said, maybe not every time, but when he does make them, it's not going to be a shock. I, I do think there is – Kevin Stefanski, there are situations where he might have punted there. But I think he looked at this situation and knows what his defense was doing and knew that he had to be aggressive and go for it because he will play a little field position football. Uh, But he seems to have a really good grasp of when he wants to do that and when he wants to be aggressive. And, of course, uh, 
you know, not just playing the result here. I, I think clearly that was the time to be aggressive. I don't yeah. think field position football matters as much when you're facing Lamar Jackson. Exactly. But, but yeah, definitely you go for it in that, in that situation. I think I can't remember the exact uh, split, but I think uh, the, going from like eight to seven points isn't as big as going from seven to six, something like that. So that's why going for two there made a lot more sense than, than just kicking the extra point. And I think it would have made it, it would have made it like the, an eight point game, I believe. Yeah. I, know, oh. I can't remember. No, but it would have made it seven. It or seven made it rather. Seven. But yeah. So there's, you know, that's the thinking behind that. I mean, that his analytics department, I'm sure is all over that and <laughs> drilled into his brain that that's a good, you know, situation to go for it. And so really you should go for two more often than not, but that's a great time to go for it. Yeah. And he remains incredibly adaptable. Um, in the first half when the Ravens secondary was still healthy and they couldn't really get a lot going in through the air, he went to cream hunt on that wheel route on the outside, knowing he needed a spark, knowing they needed a big play. And, you know, the, the, we talked about it on got to watch the tape, the numbers back it up that cream hunt. If Stefanski wanted to unlock him, had the opportunity to have a big game here and he just diced the Ravens through the air. And that's of course a credit to cream hunt being able to make the play, but that is Kevin Stefanski putting a guy who has, does not run routes like that so far on tape in positions to make just incredible game-changing plays. And that is, again, Stefanski adapting to what a really talented defense was throwing at him for 60 minutes. Well, and he sets up situations, too, where you get a linebacker on Kareem Hunt. I, I mean, LJ Fort didn't have a chance on, on that play, <laughs> you know. And, and so he sets up those situations when he spreads out when he goes, I don't know if they really did it today, but he'll send out 13 personnel and spread it out and he'll get a linebacker on a receiver. I mean, those are the things that, that he's been doing all season long that he just, like you said, Ellis, he creates those matchups and gives right. Baker a chance to take advantage. Yeah, Dan. And I hope, I hope Browns fans listening realize that, because I love that you said that, that when it was the wheel route, it was the linebacker out there and the Ravens had no chance. And then Kareem's second touchdown it's zone coverage. It's the cornerback out there and the corner had no chance and he still scored. It just unlocking cream hunt today is a testament to how much chess Kevin Stefanski is playing and how much control he has over it. And that's the little parts of football that I just don't think Cleveland Browns fans saw for, you know, X amount of years that this is uh, a counter to a counter. And that's the, 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 when football is at its best. Is, uh, is anyone second-guessing Kareem Hunt scoring too soon? You got to score. <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious. No, this, this team's not all that great from the one-yard line, as we talked about before, so you, you got to score. But it, it felt pretty predictable once you saw a minute on the clock where, where it was headed. Oh, yeah, everybody looked at the clock and said, wow, that's a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got one question I want to throw out. How many more yeah. big plays Donovan Peoples-Jones have to make before Doug agrees that he's a real NFL wide receiver? I like him when he catches the ball with his hands. I don't like it when he catches the ball with his elbows. So uh, that was pretty good tonight. The kind of the back shoulder late, right on the on the last drive. That back shoulder, that catch, that connection with Baker. That was some. That was some real stuff. So my daughter is sitting here next. Not, she's not now, but during the game, like she's on me too. She's like wants me to give DPJ some credit. So um, yeah, I mean he and they and they had to go to him. They had to go. They don't have a choice. Again, part of it to me is like when they have a choice, I don't think he's the guy they're going to go to. But with Hodge out and Odell out, they don't have a choice, and he came through. This offseason, people are going to bring him up as a reason why they should trade Beckham. It's going to happen. 
We're going to get emails. We're going to see tweets. People are going to come on the podcast and say it. It's going to happen because all those plays just stick out in your head, you know? Yeah. This is why the Browns, this is why the Browns need to make it to the AFC championship game. So there's less off season to spend on whether the Browns should trade Odell for Donovan Peoples Jones. Um, Okay, last thing before we go, we're going to talk about Baker Mayfield and whether he earned an extension tonight. Doug? <laughs> Listen, you're joking. I know you're being sarcastic. I, I'll, I'll tell you. You know what people want to talk about? You tweeted it, but even <laughs> tweeting it sarcastically is bringing it up. Right after an exciting – right after the best Monday night football game of the year, the number one thing people want to talk about is contract extensions. I guarantee it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh, – yeah. Again, make it to the AFC Championship game, so we don't have to talk about that. Uh, all that much. All right. Uh, real quick, before we go, Doug, you said it, the Browns, you don't think they're going to lose another regular season game on Twitter. I think you said that, right? Yeah. Do the, do the Giants, Jets, or Steelers have Lamar Jackson? Uh, Not that is, I know of. No, they don't. I think this Browns defense will be able to deal with Ben Roethlisberger and that Pittsburgh offense much better than they could deal with Lamar. And I did want to say, the idea that the Browns defense couldn't get off the field. I think sometimes Lamar Jackson refused to leave the field. This was MVP Lamar. He was pulling stuff out of nowhere. The backbreaking plays that were made were not like breakdowns in coverage by the defense. When he came in, right? I mean, the fourth down touchdown throw after he came in, it's like Terrence Mitchell got picked by Olivier Vernon and by accident because you're trying to stop Lamar because he looks like he's going to run and a guy leaks out. The throw to Andrews at the end of the first half and the same kind of thing. I mean, he was doing unbelievable plays that a rare count on one hand number of NFL quarterbacks can do. And Daniel Jones and Colt McCoy aren't going to do that. Sam Darnold and Joe Flacco aren't going to do that. And I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is going to do that. So I, I really think, but that's not what we're talking about. I mean, the, the first, uh, you, I mean, again, Twitter drives me nuts. But there is something out here. People right now are feeling like, well, the defense blew it. I don't, and even I don't think the defense blew it that much. Because, by the way, Ellis is talking about the Browns taking advantage of the injured Ravens secondary late in the game. You know who stunk in the beginning of the game? MJ Stewart, who's like their seventh corner and is being forced to play. They are injury riddled. And by the way, the MVP looked like the MVP again and made plays that nobody else can make. So I'm, I, we know they're not good, but I just hope there aren't Browns fans. And, but I know there are because they're on my Twitter feed who are like, well, if we had a defense, we would be 14 and 0. I mean, show me the team. Where is the team in the NFL that has a perfect offense and a perfect defense? But there are too many people who want that. You got Lamar, man. I mean, that's what I'm walking away from this. You got Lamar, and Lamar is not on the schedule the rest of the year. So I like their chances. I'd be more concerned about the fact that they couldn't cover a tight end on that final drive than what Lamar did. I think, I mean, he had nine carries. Uh, what were two of them designed runs, maybe? I know one of them was. But other than that, it's, you know, you're getting pressure on the quarterback, and he's just, you know, making something out of it. So, yeah, I, he's not somebody you're going to see again at least until the second round of the playoffs at then. So that's how far you got to get to see Lamar Jackson again. Yep. We were all over this. on got to watch the tape. I had it in my predictions post that this was going to be a game seven type Lamar, the LeBron James, Kyrie Irving type Lamar. He he teased it versus the Cowboys. They're in desperation mode. 
And when you're that freakish of an athlete, you just don't get rid of the football. You drop back. There's a pass called. You don't care. You run. That's who the Ravens are now. We're going to look ahead to these New York games, but really the next treat is Kevin Stefanski's game plan versus Steelers defense. Cause it's not big Ben who's going to, you know, come to Cleveland and beat the Steelers. It is how does Baker Mayfield bounce back from what was again, a nightmare performance. The first time he saw the Steelers defense, it's a different defense, but it's still probably one of the best in the league. That's what's up next. I know it's three weeks out, but Lamar's one thing. The Steelers defense is another, this is a loaded division, but you got Kevin Stefanski in your corner and you got Baker Mayfield on the same wavelength as him. And that gives him a real chance going down the stretch here. Well, and, and you've got Miles Garrett, who's going to strip sack Daniel Jones about three times next week on, on Sunday night yeah. football. I, I mean, really what this is, is this is a race to 11 and the Ravens are probably going to get there now. Um, this, depending on how some of these injuries play out, but they've got a, a pretty easy schedule ahead of them. The Browns, should get there pretty easily. The Browns are going to have a good chance to get to 12. So um, I don't know. This game doesn't change anything other than I think it makes you feel really good about where this team is at and where this team is headed uh, come January. If you weren't feeling good about that to begin with, and I don't know why you wouldn't have been. Yeah, okay. We, sorry, Dan, real quick. We talked, or at least I do, I talk optics a lot leading up to this game. This, this is exactly what we meant. Like, Sure, you don't want to lose, and I get that, but you, you couldn't have looked any better. I mean, the Browns couldn't have been more legit. Uh, this is feels almost like a crowning achievement for this regime despite a loss, and this, this is how they had to play. And now as we gear up towards the playoffs, truly anything's possible. Okay, that'll do it then for our, uh, our post-game show. Uh, Mary Kay was with us earlier. Of course, you just heard from Ellis Scott. And Doug, I'm Dan, the Browns 47 to 42 losers. It's the first time in a long time that we've used that term uh, regarding the Browns. Uh, got the Giants coming up on Sunday night football next week. And of course, we'll have our full slate of pods coming your way this week as well. Thanks for the time, guys.